This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Man, that music makes me smile ear to ear. The season, the football season is officially here, boys. I'm Christian Goey, your host and your Jets beat reporter for this season that's starting on Sunday for the Jets. I'm joined by Tom Scubelli, our Giants beat reporter, and Tommy Aldrich, who helped out Tom and I during this summer filling in for training camp. He's the renaissance man here at the station uh, doing a little bit of everything. We have a fantastic show today. Guys, how you doing? Doing well. Great, great. I mean, we'll talk about, but great start to football last <laughs> night, and and seeing football back on my TV screen has me just so amped for Sunday and for the whole season. It it's gonna be great. I turned on the TV last night, Car- uh, Carolina and Denver, and you know, two teams that were were great last year, Super Bowl rematch, and but you don't really have any personal connection to them. I was as happy as as I've been in probably the past well since football ended. Yeah. I just love football so much that whoever's playing, I can just watch yeah, the whole exactly. game every time it feels like. It was like Christmas morning. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was. was I mean, morning. like, other sports, like, I usually consider baseball my top sport just because the Yankees are, like, my top team. But I'm not going to watch, like, a Pirates-Astros uh, exactly. random game. Exactly. I will watch any football. The Thursday Cleveland. night football, Jacksonville, Tennessee. I feel like that's once a year Thursday night football. I'll still I'll watch do it. it. That's a matchup. Yeah. Give me that's Cleveland. Right give me Cleveland. Give me Jacksonville. I'll watch it. Yeah, All exactly. Four quarters. I mean, I, and the Sundays. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we were talking before about fantasy and stuff, but the Sunday afternoons, like watching, like say the Giants are on. For me, I'm a Giant fan. Watch whatever game. Having your laptop set up. Uh, tracking your fantasy teams, draft kings, your pools, whatever you're doing, and just having football game after football game, keeping up to date with the scoring plays. It's such a rush. Yep, and what I'm really looking forward to, which I'm not sure if this Sunday will give us, is that first cool, crisp fall gasp of air. Oh, yeah. That Probably will, not yet. <laughs> not, I don't think it will happen to us this weekend, but maybe next one. But um, it's you know those sort of feelings, those really get me excited. Hoodie weather. Yep, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, we have plenty to talk about here on this first show. It's an hour long, so there's plenty There's plenty of time to talk about everything that we want to address. We're going to talk Jets, Giants. Tom and I have prepared our reports for this week, our first reports of the season, and our first uh, NFL Friday reports. This is our first season covering the Jets and Giants, so uh, we'll be happy to play those and talk about the Jets and the Giants, their first games this week. The Jets playing Cincinnati at the Meadowlands at 1 o'clock, and I'll be there. And at 425, the Giants will be in Dallas playing against Dak Prescott, not Tony Romo. Tom will not be there in Dallas, but he'll no, be there. I'll be watching from my couch. He'll be watching. <laughs> he'll be watching. So we got plenty to talk about with the Jets and the Giants after our after our reports. Uh, talk about their seasons this week as well. And some of the things we want to make a note of uh Couple days before the before the uh, season openers, uh, we'll we'll get season predictions, top teams in the league, uh, who we think will be in that Super Bowl come February, uh, some individual accomplishments, MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Um, that those are always fun to pick. I'm going to pick them on the spot. I didn't even prepare. <laughs> I didn't even prepare. I'm going to pick them on the spot, and we'll see how well I can do with this. And then we're going to get into some fantasy football. Tommy Tommy is our fantasy expert today, but we're all going to chime in on who to spotlight, who to sit, and, and maybe a sleeper here or there. And then lastly, our weekly picks. 
Reed Horner is our producer, by the way. Forgot to, to mention that. He's making his Is prod- that because he's in a Brady jersey? You wanted to leave him out? I mean, I kind of <laughs> want him off the staff. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I made I made it an exception for today. I'm hoping he's going to – I know he's going to knock it out of the park, but he's going to come on our weekly picks segment, and uh, he'll probably pick the Patriots to win, knowing him. Um, but we'll have weekly picks, uh, who we think are, are going to win every game. Uh, so that will be all four of us talking about that. But first – as we already mentioned, football started last night in Denver, a Super Bowl rematch, 21-20, Denver taking down Carolina, Cam Newton taking way too many hits to the head, Trevor Simeon surprising, I think, a lot of people the way he played. What were your impressions, guys, from last night's game? Denver, still a really good football team. I mean, last year, I feel like a lot of people sort of discounted them throughout the entire season because... Peyton wasn't playing that well. You had Brock Osweiler in there, and then they just won the Super Bowl. I feel like coming into this year, a lot of people discounting them as well. You said you haven't done picks yet. I have done a few a few predictions so far. I didn't have the Broncos winning the AFC uh, West, but I'm starting to rethink that. I mean, that pass rush is just – the whole defense, really, yeah. is just as good as last season. C.J. Anderson may have a better season. And, you know, for all, all the talk about Trevor Simeon, but you look at last year, the Broncos. They didn't get – Great. I know he's Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning had a bad, bad season. Peyton Manning season. was not Peyton Manning. No, exactly. Yeah. So how much worse can Simeon really be, which I know sounds crazy, but just based off last year's performance, I don't think Simeon could be much worse. If anything, maybe he'll be a little bit better as he gets more used to the system and playing in the NFL. So I guess the Broncos are going to be right there again, the cream of the crop in the AFC. I think, Tom, I think you nailed it on the head. It It's scary. I think last night showed us that not only can the Broncos repeat bit with their defense, but they could be better. Chris Collinsworth pointed out a couple times in the game mentioning how with Peyton gone, who I think you, again, made another really good point. It's not like Peyton was really even Peyton last season. He was giving the Broncos pretty average quarterback play. Average or worse, really. Or worse, really. Yeah. On some occasions, he didn't play the whole season. But anyway, they could be a better running team with Gary Kubiak now with, without that big personality in the room to, like, you know, inspire the pass. He's a run-first guy. C.J. Anderson played out of his mind. He ran like he a man possessed. Yeah. If he can do that and their defense can continue to gel and play the way they played last night, I mean, they could repeat with Tra- Trevor Simeon as quarterback. Von Miller, and he's just one guy who you can name, but I'll just name him. Von Miller on a few plays destroyed the play there from no from the start of the play it was a dead play because if it was a pass cam had no time it was crazy the defense is just so complete and and you know it's not just the pass pass rush they have demarcus Ware. they have von miller they have good linebackers for the most part they have also probably arguably the best secondary in the nfl with akib talib with Chris Harris Jr., they're really complete, and and that leads them to, to victories. And, you know, obviously you have the altitude, so it allows for a better kicking game. And offensively, you have the receivers with Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and a running back like C.J. Anderson, who had a fantastic fantasy game last night. He really yeah. looked like, I mean, beyond you're right, beyond the fantasy points, which were once he had that second touchdown, I was like, oh, gosh, he is he's officially going off. <laughs> but he... I mean, just his running ability last night, like, he made a guy miss on almost every every run he had. I mean, he he's, was really playing well. He's he's very quick with his cuts last night. Yeah. You look at him and you think 
he's a bruising back just because of his size, but he makes such sharp, quick cuts that that make him so effective. He was oh, explosive. I, he hit the hole, so like a, a hole would open up, and he like ran yeah. through it very fast. He was great at that. Speaking of making a guy miss, another reason I love Chris Collinsworth last night. Who would have thought that Jonathan Stewart was the second most elusive fan, uh, back in the league last year? You, you know, know that was a really cool statistic. He's a I thought very under, he played well under too. The radar guy. He's he a very well. under the radar guy. Um, and, and I mean, the main talking point I want to get to. And, well, there's actually a lot, so I shouldn't say main <laughs> talking point. Trevor Simeon to me looked very sharp uh, mentally. Mentally, he yeah. processes plays. That's what you know. The broadcasting booth was saying he's he's a quick processor. He he knows how to move in the pocket, and you know he can make those short to intermediate throws. He's, he, you know, he's a he's a serviceable he's player accurate. that with a great defense like they had last year, um, he can produce. I think along the lines of Osweiler. The problem with Simeon is, can he throw the ball downfield like Osweiler? Probably not. I mean, Osweiler had such a big arm, but if he could be a game manager and Alex Smith type of player, right. that's a guy that kind of came to mind. Is Alex Smith is not, I mean, and that's such an overused term, by the way, game manager. But I mean, I guess it is. It, it describes what, what Alex Smith is and what Simeon is. and You're not going to rely on them, go throw 300 yards, go win right. me the game. But when your running game is good enough, your line's good enough, and your defense is good enough, they're going to do enough to win the game, and they're not going to lose a game for you. I mean, I know Simeon had those two interceptions, but it's his first NFL start. The first one I don't count. That was a fluke yeah, one. Yeah. Rush was coming at him. It got batted, and it got picked. The second one was bad. Yeah. But besides that, he was pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, 18 of 26, so he was pretty yeah. accurate. I mean, like you said, we didn't really see him take a lot of deep shots downfield, but, I mean, he's only going to get better. This was his first game against a good Panthers defense. So really good. <laughs> you have to be impressed with yeah. with him. Yeah, I was. Uh, you could tell he was really excited when Graham Gano missed that 50-yard field goal. Yeah. I saw the smile on his face. I think he was pretty shocked to come away with the win. But um, what impressed me the most about him was his poise. Uh, he really looked accurate on those short throws that you were talking about, Christian. And I think what you need to see from him, and this is down the line, I think what we need to see in the future, what the Broncos need to see is sort of getting the volume up because at the end of the day, he didn't have that many yards. And I think that the screen pass, which went for at least 20 to CJ Anderson, kind of boosted those stats to say he had like a 20-yard touchdown. But a couple times he would – uh, a slant route to Demarius Thomas stands out to me where these sh- on the shorter throws and screens, he was dotting it up. I mean, he was putting it in the right place. And I remember the screen pass to C.J. Anderson that went for six. I think he got tackled. That needed to happen in a quick second, and he threw it right to the guy's hands. Right. Um, he also had a couple nice pump fakes in the face of defenders, which really showed that, like, he was so poised he wasn't, gonna, he wasn't seeing ghosts at all. He right. had Kwan Short right in front of him. He pumped him, moved to the right, and made a crisp throw. I mean, that is really difficult. Like I said, the only thing that worries me with Simeon is can he make game-changing throws? Can he make throws with third and 15, the team needs a long completion. Can he move the ball downfield? That's something I did not come away from and say, wow, the Broncos are set. Right, but again, I don't want to keep bringing it, but you look at last year, Osweiler had the big arm. But Peyton, when he had to throw the ball downfield yeah, last year, it wasn't, he was throwing it wasn't ducks. Like they, they were bad passes. Yeah. So I think Simeon, he's younger. He's got a more lively arm. Look, we're not going to – obviously Peyton Manning is a Hall of Famer. Trevor Simeon has made one start, and he you know wasn't a great start, but it was good enough. So I just think that Simeon – I mean, he impressed me a lot last night. He was better than I expected. 
one or maybe it was his last season at Northwestern. He threw seven touchdowns and eleven interceptions in college. And I mean, yeah. coming into last night, he had had one play in his NFL career. I think it was a, a, a kneel down. So to come in in your first game against that good defense, and I mean, it's a Super Bowl rematch. We haven't really talked about mm-hmm. it, but right. Do you want to kind of uh, yeah. shift over to Panthers uh, yeah. talk now a little bit about Cam Newton? One more note on the Broncos, and then I'll get to the Panthers. Um, it it shows a lot, I think, to how complete of a team they are, given that they can play Trevor Simeon and play as well as they did and ultimately win the game. I mean, the defense really is impressive, the running game. Guys uh, on their D who I didn't even really know really stepped up. Even their unknowns, sort of Brandon Marshall coming in for Danny Trevathan, who they lost to Chicago, played very well. Uh, The least known by far member of their secondary, the other safety besides T.J. Ward, number 26, uh, Darian Stewart. I felt like he came in guns hot on more than a few plays. He looks like a hitter. And um, I don't know if you guys remember the play where he knocked down Mike Tolbert who is like the biggest bowling oh, ball in the bowling league. Ball. I yeah. mean, he is the fattest guy, <laughs> biggest guy to run yeah. the ball on a consistent basis in the NFL, and he popped him. Yeah. It, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. So, And name you did mention, Demarcus Ware, too. And Demarcus Ware. I mean, it really I mean, is scary what this t- – we can't forget, and this is a good transition into the Panthers because they were playing the Panthers. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Definitely an impressive performance on Denver's part. Going into the half down 17-7 against a team like Carolina, who went 15-1 in the regular season last year, and then outscoring the Panthers 14-3 in the last quarter to pull away with the victory at home, 21-20. On Carolina's side, it it got off to a good start. Cam looked like Cam, but he also took some bad shots, and that was the story last night. Took multiple shots to the head, pretty blatant launching headshots. Brandon Marshall, one of those guys. Brandon Marshall also also knelt before the game during the national anthem, so he was in the news quite a bit. Darian Stewart, as you mentioned, he had the to me the most. I think he'll be maybe, fine for that hit for sure. Probably the most vicious hit. Yeah, um, we didn't really see Cam get. He didn't get evaluated during the game last. That's night. what everyone was saying is on that last drive where he got hit hard and he went down. That there was no concussion protocol. Really, is what right. they were accusing the Panthers of. So I mean, it's tough. I mean, he, he came out fine. So I mean. When it's all said and done, it's okay. They say but, he doesn't have a concussion, but still. Yeah, I mean, you have to they go were through that. They were vicious the hits to the head. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying, like, if those hits happened in college, that would be called targeting, and they'd be thrown out of the game. In yeah, the NFL, without it's, a doubt. It's, not, it's no penalties even sometimes. So, I mean, it's a tough thing. Cam Newton's a guy that he's going to take more hits than a lot of guys because he's so mobile and he'll move out of the pocket and he'll big. run. And he, but he is so big that he could – watching Cam Newton – just like shake off like 250 pound defenders is one of my favorite things yeah. to watch. I mean, it's absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. I don't think we've but... ever seen anything like like Cam. Six oh, foot yeah. five, 245 can run like he does and throw. I don't think yeah. there's ever He's... been a physical specimen yeah, like really. he like he like he is in football. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a incredible. defensive end. Right. Yeah, um, he could probably or tight end defensive end that just happens to also have a cannon of an arm and play quarterback. But. uh it's not all bad for Carolina. We, we have to remember a lot of things had to go wrong, uh, or basically a lot of things had to happen for the Broncos to come up with this W, one of them being, you know, a 50-yard field goal in mile high, which is, yeah. In this, I feel like nowadays most kickers will expect to make that. He made the one before the ice. But, uh, you know, so there's that. We can't forget about that. And um, basically what I'm saying is Carolina – 
on many levels played well and also had this game at one point. I I remember that it was fourth and twenty two, and they went for it for their last shot or they went for it. This in the first half, I think. And Chris Harris Jr. had a penalty, which gave them a first down, that led to a touchdown, making it seventeen, um, seven, making it seventeen seven. And at that point, I didn't think the game was over, but all the momentum was on. Uh, Carolina side if they can clean up their game and not sort of clean up the turnovers they should have won this game yeah, yeah I mean this isn't like a, a really worrisome sign for the Panthers I mean they went in and played the defending Super Bowl champions on their home opener and they were a timeout away from winning had they not called uh, the Broncos not called that timeout to ice Graham Gano, they would have won and he would have hit that field goal so it's not like that was a oh, by the way when's the last time you saw an icing of a kicker work I, I feel like that has not worked in Phenomenal forever, job. So, Phenomenal yeah, job. Great by job Gary by Gary Kubiak. Kubiak yeah. I guess, usually, but. usually like the guy misses yeah. the ice call and then makes the second yeah, one. Exactly. And the coach Although is like, we're oh, giving him God. credit for doing something every coach in the NFL does, which is yeah. always nice. Also, yeah, but right. yeah. credit that it worked, even though he had no effect on it working. Really. <laughs> fun, fun fact: In Madden 17, the newest Madden, it's been out for like a, like a month or something. If you ice, if you time out, if you ice the kicker, basically the 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 after the timeout the kicker's screen is shaking and oh. it's bit, it's at a new angle so gotcha. I played the new Madden but yeah as you as you were saying Tom about the about Carolina I think there are a lot of positives for Carolina you know Cam looked fine I mean he, he didn't look great but he also had a lot uh, a lot of pass rush coming out yeah. with Von Miller and Demarcus Ware and that's played better secondary. than in the Super Bowl right and uh, Greg Olson Kelvin Benjamin looked great in his return Luke Keekley reminds us that he's probably a defensive player of the year candidate I mean yeah. not probably he is a defensive player of the year candidate. A lot of good things for for Dem- for Carolina. They could have won, and they didn't. Fifty yard field. It's, it's it's a different story this year. They got their first loss in the first week of the season, as opposed to I think week sixteen last year. But Something I think like they'll that. still be pretty good. I think they're in good hands, and uh, I I don't I wouldn't worry if I was a yeah. Panthers fan. I mean, as as much as we were just talking about Denver, I want to ask you guys. Kind of one, did we just see, or one, who was the better defense? I think you can make an argument that Carolina could be. And two, did we just see last night the top two defenses in the NFL against each other? I think Denver has the better defense to answer your first question. Top two, I think Denver has the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So the question for me would be, is Carolina second? Or make Seahawks. an argument for Arizona, for Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. I, th- right I think there. they're up there. I think those are the, the, Oakland's the two of the too. best five Oak- defenses for yeah. sure. Their front their front four is what sort of makes me want to prompt that, like spark that idea, because Kawan Short and Star Lutile, yeah, debatably the probably the best two defensive tackle pairs in the league. Um, Kawan Short is one of the best defensive players in the league, maybe overall. And then you have Charles Johnson, the veteran, coming back from injury last year, and Coney Ely, who was a high second round uh, pick and very productive player in the SEC. Those four guys, Thomas Davis too, right, right, and Thomas Davis. But I mean, the front, the oh, line front, specifically, gotcha, the they could front. have the best four players on a four-three team. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe the Giants. Maybe the Giants could make an argument. It's, honestly, it's, honestly, yeah, I know. But it, um, yeah, I mean, they're up there. It's yeah, a tough. It, it's a definitely a tough debate. There's so many good defenses in the NFL. Uh, one of those teams is a local team. Well, two of those teams actually, the Jets and the Giants. I was going to go with the Jets. That's the team we're going to be talking about now. Uh, a lot to look forward to. Let's lead in with this beautiful music, as we usually do with the Jets. 
Alright, there you have it. I mean, I just had to play the music. I was told I had to play the music. I like the music, so I played it. It's a pump-up uh, It's a pump-up music. It's, it's definitely uh, my favorite time of the year, football. And for those who don't know, I grew up a Jets fan. I had the pleasure of covering the team this year. I'll be there on Sunday as the Jets take on the Bengals at the Meadowlands at 1 o'clock. We have a report that I did. Uh, let's get to that now. We got all the pieces. We, we, we do. We, we feel like uh, we are a playoff team. Star cornerback Darrell Rivas has high expectations, and Jets fans should as well. With quarterback no longer a question mark at one Jets drive, Gang Green is set to begin the season with arguably their most complete roster in recent memory. The trio of Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and Ryan Fitzpatrick have no reason to believe they can't replicate their production from last season. Along with the trio comes Mr. Versatility, Matt Forte, a Pro Bowl running back from Chicago, replacing Chris Ivory. Forte, also a pass-catching threat, makes Gang Green poised to have one of the most balanced offenses in football. The defense remains stalwart, despite the losses of veterans Damon Harrison, Antonio Cromartie, and Calvin Pace. Pro Bowl defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson was rewarded a five-year deal, as an already formidable line looks to grow, with 2015 first-round pick Leonard Williams primed for a stellar second year. There are some question marks, the biggest one being their schedule. Set to face five of last year's playoff teams in the first six weeks, it will be a daunting challenge for Gang Green to capture the division title despite Tom Brady's four-game suspension. After a heartbreaking final game loss that cost them the playoffs, I expect a motivated Jets team. They'll claw their way through the schedule and finish with no less than nine wins and make a playoff spot. This week presents their first battle, the Cincinnati Bengals. At the Meadowlands on the 15th anniversary of 9-11, expect the Jets to come out firing in front of their home crowd. I expect Matt Forte to make an immediate impact, and Todd Bowles' defense should hold their own, despite the connection between Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton and receiver A.J. Green. 24-17, Jets is my final score. Covering the... I'm Christian Goey, WFUV Sports. That was the report. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. The Jets, I predict, will win 24-17 over the Bengals in week one. I also don't think they'll lose uh, more than seven games. I think nine wins will be the least amount of wins. I think they'll maybe go nine or ten wins. Ceiling is 11. But uh, it, with the schedule, I still think they'll hang tough and they'll get to nine wins at, at the very least. What do you guys think? So I went through the schedule. I, I have a tradition where every year when I'm coming back from my summer vacation on the plane in August, me and my dad will go through a football magazine and pick like record by record, re record for each team. We'll go team by team. The Jets, I want to say I had it eight and eight. I don't remember off the top of my head. I think eight and eight or nine and seven. I know you said nine wins. Do you think is their floor? I think that's the floor. I I, I just think the schedule is so. I, know. I mean, you look at those first six games. We we're looking at it earlier. Home against the Bengals, playoff team last year. At Bills, will be much improved. At Chiefs, playoff team. Home against Seahawks, playoff team. At Steelers, at Cardinals, a couple more playoff teams. It's not inconceivable for them to start off one and five. And if you're going to start off in that hole, which maybe maybe it's not as bad as one and five, but it, it's not impossible. They start off one and five. It's tough to climb out of a hole like that, even two and four. Well, it is tough to climb out of a hole, but 
I don't think the Jets will come out of it one and five. I mean, that is the absolute worst. I think the Jets from covering the team have the. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, I think the Jets have the most complete team that they've had in recent memory. I can't think of a team more complete than the Jets on paper. You know, you look at their offense, they have probably the most high-profile names they've ever had. They have Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker returning, arguably the top receiving duo in the league last year. If you're just looking at numbers, they are. And and you throw in Matt Forte, and you keep, and you have Bilal Powell returning after signing him in free agency. You're looking at the amount of versatility they have in the backfield. And then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back, who has great chemistry with these guys. Um so offensively, I think they're the best they've been in a long time, and that's why they produced as well as they did last year. And defensively, you still have top five defensive line with Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, and, and despite losing Damon Snacks Harrison to the Giants. And uh, you still have Revis Island, and you still have a pretty good defense. So offensively, defensively, special teams – the Jets are pretty set in every aspect of the game. Sure, there are question marks, but that's why I think that they will hang tough uh, during the season through that tough schedule. Now, I'm surprised Jets fans aren't clamoring for the Super Bowl, to be honest. I mean, and I the main reason I say that is because, and I keep saying this, but seriously, seriously, when is the last time that Jets fans have had excitement going into the year about the quarterback position? It's been a long time, <laughs> and I'm yeah. not going to count. Gino, I'm not going to count but, yeah. hype from Geno Smith because he was a rookie. So that was probably the that was probably the se- the most recent time right. that they've had excitement is drafting Geno in the first round, but it didn't really work. Se- yeah, second round, but you yeah. know, there's this moment right now for the Jets where Fitzpatrick produced last year. I mean, he really produced and played at a high level at quarterback for the Jets. I'm sorry to you know they're not the Browns, but it's it hasn't <laughs> been great in recent years, and uh, you know with him coming back. And I agree with everything you said, them being a complete team. They got young guys like Calvin Pryor and Leonard Williams who could be superstars in a season or two. Uh, I'm surprised you don't have Jets fans actually saying this is the, we're winning the Super Bowl. I think Bowl. the only thing with that is the quarterback situation. Even though everybody's excited about Fitzpatrick being back because he was the safest option and after the year he had last year, Week 17, he blew it yeah, pretty yeah. much. They blew it okay. against the Bills. So you think people are skeptical? Yeah, they've never been. Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall have never been to the playoffs. To be fair, right, I'm really skeptical. Just don't know. Let's not pretend that Ryan Fitzpatrick is like Tom Brady. Exactly. Like he's the best right. of the. He's Tom Brady compared to Geno Smith, maybe and Bryce Petty, but that's not saying all that much. So I think the Jets are a very talented team. You're not hearing complaints on that. But the there's two reasons for me why I'm not saying, oh, this is a team that's going to make a deep playoff run. Number one, like I said, such a tough schedule, and number two is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he is a average, just above-average quarterback. But, I mean, we did just see last year the Broncos win without a great quarterback. But I think quarterback play is so important, and we haven't seen it from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like you said, he's never been to the playoffs. He crumbled last year in Week 17. So I think he'll be good. But do you think he'll have as good of a statistical season as he did last year? He was incredible I'll say this. Bilal Powell was so key for them as a third-down running back coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. Now you have him still in the mix and a Matt Forte, who, as opposed to Chris Ivory, is a very multidimensional back and do multiple things. I think he will put up similar numbers, maybe maybe not more, but maybe not less, right around the 30-touchdown 3,500-yard mark, maybe even 4,000-yard mark. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is an average quarterback, 
But on the Jets, under, Tran, under Chan Gailey and with this offense, I think he's an above-average quarterback. And on any other team, average. But with the connection with Chan Gailey, okay. I think he's suited to be an – I mean, look, you throw 31 touchdown passes with 3,900 yards. To me, that's an above-average quarterback. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I know he didn't play well in the final week, but that, that kind of production is not average. Let's, do you think he'll repeat that production? Or do you I, think that's a, the best year we're ever going to see be, Fitzpatrick have? No, I, 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 I would expect at least similar numbers from Fitzpatrick, or right in that okay. neighborhood. Uh, another thing about the schedule, I'm looking at it right now. It is, an, uh, it is a really unfortunate schedule because they, the AFC East is clearly paired this year with the AFC South, given that they're playing the Colts, right. um, all them. But they have three games against the West. Sort of, basically, I'm saying they, they, they have the to play. They the entire NFC West, too, which is a tough division with the Seahawks and Cardinals. Right. They don't play the Niners. Yeah, they play the Niners. They, they do. They, they do, do play the Niners. Um, it's in San Francisco. That's Week 14 on December 11th. But oh, yeah, that's fine. But we, I mean, that is a tough division with the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are. I mean, look, the Seahawks could win the Super Bowl. I mean, we're yeah. going to get to those. See, I mean, Seahawks and Cardinals. You can make an argument. Two of the top three teams, maybe in football. Yeah, I mean, that. The, as we said, the first six games. Look at the first six games. The Jets face the Bengals this Sunday. Then they go to Buffalo. That's that's the that's the easiest game you could say at Buffalo, and that's not an easy game as we as we know from last year. In Kansas City, the next week, home and in Kansas City is probably the hardest environment to play besides Seattle. Yeah. Then you come back to MetLife Stadium on October second to face C, the Seahawks. Then you go to Pittsburgh and then to Arizona. Who was an NFC? Who was in the NFC Championship last year? That's five of six teams that were playoff content, that were Super Bowl contenders last year uh, in the playoffs, and that's not including Buffalo, who beat you twice last year, and it's in Buffalo. Yeah. So, like you said, the worst they could do Who's is technically zero and six, but we're we're being optimistic and saying the the worst they can do is one and five. But I mean, you know, I think the Jets would love to come out of it three and three. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably best case scenario. Three. I mean, it's tough because you don't know. You know, maybe uh, some guys get injured and it becomes not as tough of a game down the road. But I mean, you look at those six games; it is tough. I think one, one and five or two and four is most likely what you're going to be looking at out of those six <laughs> games. And as talented, you you don't think one so? and five? No, I. It's, I think two and four maybe two would and be. Four. It's tough. It's, it's always it's, tough. It's I mean, tough. You it's like never what know. games can you would you feel most confident? First six games. What are the two games? I just you think, think they have the best chance. The Jets, to win? because you think of the Jets from the past. Gosh, you think that they is have, such a brutal first six games. You think they have no chance against these teams, but the Jets now with their roster, if they live up to how they are on paper, they can give all these teams close games and potentially squeak a couple of them out. Yeah, the I other just teams, remember. What, what was it last year or was it the season before? I just remember the Jets coming out on week one and beating Green Bay in Green Bay. Oh, that was week two. They lost. They oh, lost. did they end up losing that game? They ended up losing that game. That was Geno, Geno Smith a couple years back. But they, they had. Okay, I'm all over game. the map, clearly. But <laughs> I, it's just. I mean, we're going to be doing it in about half an hour or whatever it is. But predicting is just. It's so difficult. But I mean, surely on paper. I think I think at the Bills, you're right. I think that'd be the easiest game, and that's that's still not easy though. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't really paying attention to it when I <laughs> reacted to your one of five comment, but <laughs> dang, 
They, <laughs> yeah. they, I mean, and the Bills are, a success. I, in my opinion, going to be a, a good team. Like they could be a playoff team. I think they're a team probably comparable to the Jets. They're about the yeah. same thing. And you know, Rex Ryan loves to beat the Jets. He loves to give them their all. That game's in Buffalo, so it's it's a real tough start to the season. And it's one thing if they were playing these six teams spread out, but when you start the season, say they do start the season one and five. It's just a tough hole to climb out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a couple more minutes before we move on to the Giants. But, you know, like, I look at the Jets' schedule, and the good news for them is if they come out of that a little bit behind 500, they still have a rallying point in the middle of their schedule. You you come home after Cardinals and face the Ravens, who I don't think um, are better than the Jets. No. Then you go to Cleveland, to Miami. I think Miami will be improved, but that's still a winnable game then come back to face the L.A. Rams, and then you have a bye week. So that's four games right there after that tough schedule that you could maybe go on a 4 nothing run. And yeah. then you have a bye week, and then you have the Patriots at home after with, with rest against the Patriots right after Thanksgiving. That's a winnable game also because the Jets and Patriots always play close games. The Jets could have swept New England last year. They actually lost the first game of the season in New England in the fourth quarter. They, they almost swept New England last year. So yeah, I think it's almost. definitely a rallying point for them. Christian, before we do switch over to the Giants, could I can I ask you as the beat reporter and expert <laughs> who are some one or two or three uh key and or uh sort of like breakout players for the Jets this year? Who who's maybe you know, maybe name one of who you think the most important player to their season is has to have a big season. I'm not I'm gonna say you can't say Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah, you I mean, can't say, no, honestly, you, you cannot say Fitzpatrick. I mean, but that is the answer. Can I say Brandon Marshall? I mean, Brandon Marshall's the MVP of this team, as we saw last year. I mean, you don't have him in in that offense; they're a totally different team. Uh, Fitzpatrick would have been the guy, I would say. Uh, you know, I think Matt Forte is huge. Okay, he's huge to the that team. That is true. You need That's that. Goal. You need a you need a bell cow back. You need a guy who can do a little bit of it all. I think he can, if healthy. The thing about Matt Forte is he's gone. He's got him banged up throughout his career. He missed three games last year. He's getting older. Uh, you want him to stay healthy. You have Bilal Powell there, but Bilal Powell is a versatile back. He's not necessarily a guy you give 20-plus I, I like Powell a lot. I, like, I don't he's think he could be a, a bell cow back, but I think the Jets are probably – I mean, we don't know for sure, but I think they could plan to get Powell like 10 to 15 touches a game. I think he could be very effective, say 10-ish carries, four to five catches, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I, he's a, he's more of a receiving back in my yeah. opinion. He can run between the tackles, and Tom Bowles says this. He feels like he gets quicker every year. He gets physically better every season, Bilal Powell, as he gets older, which is contrary to how running backs typically age. <laughs> so Bilal Powell has been very good. Um, I think the offense is set to be, uh, to be a seller offense. I really do. I think the defense... Um, you know, you hope the defense continues to play as well as they have in the past. It's, you know... They don't really have a pass rush still. They're going to start Lorenzo Malden and Jordan Jenkins on the outside at the linebacker positions. You have a, an amazing D-line, but you don't have edge rushers. And now, although Cromartie didn't play well last year, you're expecting Buster Screen to start up opposite of Darrell Rivas. You have Marcus Williams. How will that secondary hold up? So there are question marks for the Jets, not just their schedule. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out. I think if you're the Jets... You really want to win at least two games in those first six weeks because if you don't, you don't want to be in that hole coming out of it. If the, if you can win two to three games, the Jets will be looking pretty good in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's the case. You don't want to start off in a bad hole. So 
If you want, what do you, I mean, I know you gave your pick. You think Jets are going to beat the Bengals? 24-17 I'm going with. I think the Jets will be at least 9-7. and seven. I could go 10-6. and six. All right. For me, this week, I think the Jets will win this week, too. I think this could be, you know, they're, they're, if they're only going to win one game during this six, I think this is a good shot to be it. I think this, you know, at home against the Bengals, I think Bengals, one of the weaker teams they're facing, and at home, too, is huge. So I'm picking the Jets to win this week. I'll say 21-20. And I'm gonna pick them to go nine and seven okay. uh, for the year. Am I, am I supposed to make a prediction? You're go supposed ahead. to make a prediction. <laughs> All right, f- um, for the Bengals game, I'll, I'm gonna say that they come out and win that game. Um, okay. I'm not gonna give a score because that's just it's kind of you know the only thing with the Bengals is. Uh, the reason why I think the Jets are going to beat them is because they don't really have the receiver depth that they've had in the past. You know, yeah, they no lost Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones, so now it's Brandon LaFell, and they don't have Tyler Eifert for week one. Yeah. So I think the Jets can get by. Also, the Bengals, yeah. at least for me, they'll always kind of have a rep. As good and talented as they've been over the past five, six years, it really does mean something that they haven't been able to get it done, and I mean like win a playoff game. So I kind of still view them as like, you know, when we're looking at these first six teams, the Bengals are kind of in, a, you know, they're in a different class than the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, because they can't, they can't really win when it counts. So I think, and I think the Jets will also be kind of cognizant of these first tough games. So I think Coach Bowles will be saying, guys, we really need to win this. I think they'll come out and win that game. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a supporter of the Jets this year, and uh, I think they're going to be a good team. I think, uh, I think they go nine and seven. Okay, okay. and we, also we're all say, staying around Bengals. Perfect to suspend it, too, for that hit on Antonio Brown. So mm. another person they're going to be without. Bonta Good point. Perfect. And definitely, uh, we didn't mention the division. It's going to – I think the Jets still won't win the, the, the division. I think Patriots will win the division. Agreed. But uh, if there's a year, it's this year for the Jets. That's right. fair. So that's it for our Jets talk. Let's get to some New York Giants football right now. Tom Scabelli is our Giants beat reporter. He's here, as you all know, and he has a report, uh, his first season report as well, and let's listen to that now. A new era in New York Giants football has begun. After going 28-36 over the past four seasons and not once making the playoffs, the Giants parted ways with two-time Super Bowl champion Tom Coughlin and promoted offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo to head coach. The coaching change began what would be a busy offseason for the G-Men. Feeling the hot seat, general manager Jerry Reese splurged in free agency to fix a historically bad defense. After spending over $200 million, the Giants have assembled themselves a solid deep. With Jason Pierre-Paul back and Olivier Vernon, Damon Harrison, and Janoris Jenkins also on board, the Giants have improved both the pass rush and the secondary. On offense, the Giants return a top 10 unit that will only get better. Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. have been nearly unstoppable, but this season, Eli also has Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard. Cruz is finally healthy and ready to bring the salsa back to the Meadowlands, and I'm going bold in saying the impressive rookie Shepard will catch over 80 balls. This year's journey starts in Dallas against the Tony Romulus Cowboys. It'll be Dak Prescott, Des Bryant and company trying to hand the Giants a sixth straight season opening loss. This year will be different though. Despite a shoddy offensive line, the experience of Eli Manning will reign supreme 
leading to a 24-20 Giants win. Sunday is the first step towards Ben McAdoo and the Giants' goal. Our goal is still to put the fifth trophy in the case. And uh, the other thing we addressed is those are just words right now. Uh, it's time for us to go out there, put the work in, and earn it. I'm predicting the Giants to go 10-6 and, and win a week NFC East. And once the Giants make the playoffs, we know anything can happen. With this week's Giants report, I'm Tom Scabelli, WFUV Sports. There you have it. That's Tom Scabelli. Uh, Tom picking the Giants to win this Sunday, 24-20 over Dallas in Dallas and go 10-6 and on the season. Tom, tell us why you made those picks. Well, I think start off with the Dallas game. Giants haven't won a season opener since 2010. This is the fourth straight year, fourth straight or fourth out of five years that they're starting off against Dallas. They haven't won any of the games against Dallas to open the season. I just think without Tony Romo, this would be the first year that they're playing the Cowboys when they don't have Tony Romo to open the season. Dak Prescott's looked good in preseason, but it's the preseason. It's different. This is week one. Giants defense. Should be pretty good this year. I, I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. They literally can't be worse than last year based on how bad they were. So I think they're going to be better. I think that JPP, Vernon, maybe get some pressure on the edges on Prescott, make him a little bit nervous in his first game. So I think the Giants will do enough to beat a rookie quarterback week one. I mean, they almost won last year week one in Dallas until Tony Romo hit Jason Witten with what ten less than 10 seconds left. That was an awful memory. We don't want to rehash <laughs> that. But, yeah, I think the Giants are – a bet without Tony Romo, I think the Giants are a better team than the Cowboys. That's why I think they'll win this week. And for the season, their schedule isn't that hard. I think they're a talented team. They've got a top 10 offense. They should have a top half of the league defense and a weak NFC East. I think 9 to 11 wins is the range for the Giants. I picked 10. I think that'll be enough to win a pretty weak division, in my opinion. And, and uh, it's funny. We're in an interesting situation with this week one matchup, I think, with Dak Prescott. Because, I mean... At first glance, you want to say, like, no, the Giants are going to win this game. They better win this game. This is a rookie quarterback making his week one NFL start who the Cowboys not only had no intention of drafting because we know from an inside interview with Jerry Jones that they had their eyes set on the guy who was taken right before him. I won't remember his name, but to make a long story short, this wasn't a guy Dallas wanted to draft to replace Tony Romo. This is a guy they settled for in, like, the fifth round out of Mississippi State. And the only reason that it's at all a conversation that the Cowboys will win is because he had a really good preseason. And then it becomes a question of how much do you put into the preseason? But, you know, pretend he had an average to below average preseason. Would we be writing this off as a Giants victory? Without a doubt. I mean, he, he blew everybody away, Dak Prescott, in the preseason. He blew me away. I, I, I was interested in Prescott when he was at Mississippi State. You look at his size, you look at his mobility, and he's got a strong arm. You say, man, he's like Cam Newton, sort of. He's got those attributes. He's got those physical attributes. Russell Wilson is the one everyone says. Russell but. Wilson, right. But he, 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 time after time, I saw him throw so many bad passes. He couldn't throw the touch passes. He couldn't throw the fades in the end zone. He got picked off. He didn't look like a natural quarterback in the pocket. This preseason, he comes out, and he just lights up the scoreboard, and he's proven everybody wrong. And if he didn't play the way he did, I'd say easy Giants win in Dallas. Now I'm saying they'll still win, but it will just be really, really close. Yeah, I I think it'll be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either. It better not be the Giants getting blown out. That would be really pathetic. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way because, 
like we said, the I think that the weakest part of this Giants team is the offensive line. But Dallas doesn't really have that good of a pass rush, so I don't think it'll be a huge problem this week. So I think when you look at the fact that the Giants' weakness won't be that much of a weakness this week, and also with you know, facing a rookie quarterback in his first ever game. I think you look at those two factors. Plus, I mean, they have Eli Manning. They still have Odell Beckham and all those guys. I think, like, they, they should win. They I mean, should you win. look at anything, well, they, they should, should win, win, you know, the only, on yeah. paper. The only thing is, I think Zeke Elliott will will be outstanding. I think he's good, especially he looked, with that offensive line. That offensive line is the best offensive line in football. You have Des Bryant. I think him and Des will hook up multiple times. You're in Dallas. And look, Rod Marinelli is a great defensive coordinator. Giants offensive line is really shaky, Tom. We were at the game week three. I know it's a Snoopy Bowl. I know it's preseason. <laughs> but we saw the starters play. It wasn't pretty. Their their offensive line is still pretty suspect. And Eli may have a tough time in the, in the pocket if, I mean, look, he's got Odell and he's got Sterling Shepard, the nice rookie receiver. But he may have a tough time uh, having, you know, getting the time to throw the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like you said, that it's, it's a bad part of the Giants team. I mean, you look at Pugh at left guard, Richburg at center, that's a really good duo. That, that's a really good duo. You're not going to find too many better duos at left guard and center in the league. But the other three guys on the league, Eric Flowers at left tackle was awful in right. the preseason. And he's a guy that's talented, but he's just not consistent. He doesn't seem to have the technique down. And then John Jerry on, and Marshall Newhouse on the right side leave a lot to be desired right. too, especially Newhouse. So especially on, on the, the tackles, I, I think the Giants are weak. So I think against teams with strong pass rushes and against teams with bigger front fours or front threes playing a three four I think the Giants will struggle but I don't think Dallas sort of fits into that and I mean it still won't be great which is which is good for the exactly I I think that without them having a great pass rush will make the offensive jobs line a little bit easier (laughs) yeah coincidentally Dallas may have a case for one of the worst front sevens in football so it is it is a good matchup considering that Giants weakness but um one thing with the Cowboys and the Giants is that I like that um, you said it's going to be a close game. I agree with you because this it's almost like this matchup, no matter who's playing, it'll always kind of be close, yeah. you know? It's very a traditional game, and they have played each other in week one for the past, like, five years. Four to five years, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think just even though Dallas doesn't have a pass rush, though, Marinelli is such a good defensive coordinator, I think it will be tougher something than, up. than we're yeah. expecting. I, and in Dallas. I think it will be interesting – to see the play of Eric Flowers, among many yeah. things, because as you mentioned, the Giants, probably the weakest position on that weaker line is tackle. But it's kind of weird to say that because just last season, we drafted with the ninth overall pick, the tackle from Miami, Eric Flowers. So right. the Giants have very high expectations for him. They want him to become like Tyron Smith of Dallas, who is one of the best uh, left tackles in the league. It will be very interesting to see how he progresses this year. I mean, his ceiling is extremely high, but his floor. But is very his low. floor is low, <laughs> as and you know he definitely has had, had a shaky rookie year, has had a shaky preseason. Yeah, I mean, you look at they they didn't all like I said they spent what two hundred million dollars or so on defense. They did nothing to address the offensive line. They just about yeah. a week or so ago re-signed. They Will literally Beattie. didn't even draft anyone. Yeah, they, they did nothing to it. The offensive line is exactly the, – there's no new guy from yeah, last year yeah. on the offensive line. So it's not – there's no I mean, reason to think it'll be much better than last year. He is such a keystone piece, and that makes me realize more and more. Eric Flowers, I mean, what a keystone piece right. for the 2016 New York Giants. Imagine if he elevates his play, that could be the biggest thing for the Giants yeah. this year 
on the other side of the coin and switching it up a little bit, another thing besides Eric Flowers, I'm really excited to see week one. And this is just almost like the ultimate anticipation is what's the D going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Is it going to be playing confident? Because on one hand, as I said, I could see this game being close. That's the reasonable thing to say. But I mean, I could also see it being a blowout with the Giants blowing the Cowboys out because this defense, I mean, you know, you don't want to get too excited about big free agent signings, but actually besides the uh, linebacker position, the Giants on paper have a, a pretty fierce defense and specifically a very fierce front four. Right. I could see them teeing off, and if they tee off, we'll be very excited about the Giants. And, you know, I'm just – because – as you said, last season, it couldn't have gotten worse. It really could not have gotten worse for the Giants last season. And if the defense turns it around, it'll be a different year. The thing is, I think the Giants, I agree with you, Tom, I think they'll be in the 9-11 to 11 win ballpark because they lost so many close games last year. I think with the defense they had this year, they don't lose those close games as many times as they did last year. I think maybe... 10, 10 wins, 9 wins is where you're looking at the Giants. 11 would be overachieving. Yeah. I think you're more 9 wins for the Giants, but I, I still think they can win that division. Should we bring up the schedule like we did for the Jets? Start yeah, go right ahead. A little bit? Um, yeah, right. I think the Giants, they're, I'll agree with you, they're in that 9 to 11 range, but um, I don't know. I mean, you, know, you look at the first, the first few games, we were going through it earlier, Christian, they could go – Three and one, maybe four and out if it really goes well. But you look at the Cowboys, we said we're all picking them to win, right? Right. Home against the Saints, home against the Redskins. Saints not a playoff team, terrible defense. I think they could be them. Home against the Redskins. I know they won the division last year. That was kind of by default. I think they're I don't think they're gonna be as good this year. I think they could beat the Redskins, especially since it's at home. And at the Vikings, I know that that is a primetime game, makes it a little bit tougher, but without uh Teddy Bridgewater now, that becomes a more winnable game. Four and I would be a lot to ask for, but you look at those first four games, three and one is a reasonable expectation, and the rest of the Giants' schedule is not that hard. You look right. at, you go through and you want to say, oh, that is pretty much like a definite loss, as much as there could be such a thing. The only There's really only two, at the Packers, and maybe you want to say at the Steelers, right. but there's no other, like, overtly hard games, I think, when you look at this They schedule. have an easier schedule than the Giants. Hey, it's funny. I was just about to say, just taking a, a macro look at this schedule, just going through the teams, you just see teams pop up that you didn't see on the Jets schedule. Ravens. Oh, I know. You did see that on the Jets schedule. <laughs> um, Bears. Actually, they're playing some similar teams. The Steelers, Browns, Ravens, that whole division – I think the Giants could be playing that division and the Jets playing that division. The Giants are playing the AFC North. AFC North? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, we all think 9-11 nine, nine, nine to 11 wins. And is, the, the Jets are, too. We all agree 9-11 to 11 wins would be yeah. the Giants' area. I think so. Area. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the Giants have a, have a good season ahead of them. I think the Jets have a good season ahead of them. I think both teams are very similar. It should be fun to watch both teams. Um, Tom and I will be giving you co- coverage throughout the season. We're going to be doing this all season, NFL Friday. we got a few more minutes left. Let's get to fantasy. I'm going to let you guys handle that. You guys are the fantasy guys. Um, so uh, let's go with some of the guys you think, just give us maybe one or two you think are, we should start and one or two you think we should sit. All right. Well, quarterback, I think Russell Wilson, I think is going to be the top quarterback guy of the week. I think with Rawls limited on a snap count and they don't have Marshawn Lynch, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball much with Michael. And I think that home against Miami, that's a game where they should be ahead early. So game script may not 
uh, call for Wilson to throw the ball 40 times, but I think he'll do enough with his arms and his legs. I think he's the top quarterback of the week. Then I think Derek Carr is the guy that's going to have – he's at New Orleans. I think that will be a close high-scoring games. This high scoring game, the Saints have a bad defense. So I think at quarterback, Derek Carr is a guy maybe rated a little lower that you should definitely start if you're not already. Then running back, Spencer Ware, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. They're home against the Chargers who don't have a great run defense. Jamal Charles is likely out. So you'll be looking at Ware getting 15 to 20 touches, probably even more than that because they're at home. They're home favorites. And if you're a home favorite, that means they're going to be running the ball a lot. So I think Spencer Ware, Derek Carr, Couple guys, uh, running quarterback, running back, and a wide receiver, Tajay Sharp, the wide receiver. He's been good news for the Titans. Yeah, he's been really turning heads all of uh, preseason and training camp. He's going to start alongside Rashard Matthews for the Titans, and trying to get to the Vikings, who have a, a pretty good defense, but nothing crazy. I think that'll be a game the Titans may be trailing in, so I have to throw a little bit. And if you're into daily fantasy, he's minimum salary on DraftKings. I think he's a must play there. So okay. I, I like I like all those picks. I like the car pick especially because he's on my a, team. Yeah, <laughs> Derek Carr is a good player. Let me tell you. I mean, like watching him play, I think he's gonna have a breakout season. Um, a guy I'm looking at, and this was like the biggest news of the day for me was that Jay Ajayi was a healthy scratch for the Dolphins. Hmm. You there? He's not traveling with the team. You pair that with the preseason that I saw Arian Foster have, which was a good one. I like that pick. I, I mean, like that pick a lot. I think this was a guy who you were, you know, you didn't draft him in the first probably four rounds at least. But at the end of the day, what if, what if? I mean, he could easily end up as your RB1. It's Arian Foster, let us not forget. What if he has a renaissance? Uh, I saw him in a preseason game have a very smooth, like, five, six, seven-yard run into the end zone where right. he made a cut, and he just looked like Arian Foster. And with Jay Ajayi being out, a guy who we kind of thought was going to be a young workhorse, that situation is going south in Miami. So Arian Foster, a guy I really like this week. And, and do you have a receiver that we should spotlight? A receiver I want to spotlight is Dante Moncrief. Yeah, I like him. Not just this week, but in general, a lot of pro – uh, pro football focus statistics show that he is maybe on paper actually the most poised player in the league for a breakout season. Hopefully Andrew Luck can stay healthy, but I think if you drafted Dante Moncrief, expecting him to be a debatable debatable flex player, kind of in and out of your flex, I think he could end up as your starting WR2 this whole year, if not, I mean – have a ceiling. And Andrew Luck will be healthy. So that's actually yeah. I the like offensive that line is what worries me with Indy. But right. other than that. I think they'll get back though to their to their groove sort of. Yeah, I think so. I like the picks guys. Uh let's get into some season predictions. Uh general season pred- predictions who we think are going to be the top teams. Will who will be in the Super Bowl and then we'll get into some quick individual um accomplishments before our weekly picks. All right. So let's start off with just the the Super Bowl picks. All right, well, the AFC to me, I think, is I, I think like a three horse, maybe three, four horse race. I think the Patriots, to me, when I've done all my picks, I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl. I think that the AFC is weak. I don't think there's another team that is on the same level as the Patriots. I know my our producer, Reed, must be loving this. But yeah, I, <laughs> I just think that the Patriots, I know they don't have Brady for the first four games, but it really doesn't matter. If anything, it'll no, keep him healthy, no. keep him fresh. They'll still win maybe two of those games. So I think that you have you'll have Brady back, and I think they're going to be on a mission this season. They are going to yeah. be mad about the Deflategate suspension. 
I think Pittsburgh is a team that could challenge them. Denver without pass rush. And if I had to give it a dark horse team in the AFC, the Oakland Raiders. Derek Carr, I think, is going to have a big year. Latavius Murray, DeAndre Washington, good running game. And their defense, much improved, is going to be a top 10 unit this year. If I had to give a dark horse, I'd go Raiders, but I'm picking the Pats. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking at the NFC right now, you guys, and there really is a clear drop-off among the first four teams. You have the Arizona Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't know on paper right now if I see any team in the NFC or the NFC at all challenging uh, those four teams. Coming out of the uh, NFC, I want to give the Arizona Cardinals the benefit wow. of the doubt. They've won triple-digit uh, games the past three seasons. We all know how well you know they've played, but how complete of a team they are is kind of what gets me. I think if Patrick Peterson can play the way he normally plays even a bit better as a young corner, I mean, he's we obviously know what he can do. Tyron Matthews is the guy that, if he plays up to his ceiling potential, he's a game changer for any defense. And the fact that they got um, Chandler Jones from New England, yeah. that is a huge piece. That's an extra pass rusher along with Calais Campbell, who's good. They're just they're they're a good team that I see making a long run. And who do you got in the AFC? In uh, the in the oh. AFC. In the <laughs> I'll give my NFC pick. I've been going back and forth between the Panthers, Patriots, and Seahawks. I think the Cardinals are good, but I just Carson Palmer. I have no faith in Carson Palmer. You saw it in last year's NFC Championship game. I don't think he's a Super Bowl quarterback. I'm gonna go Packers. I think I think Packers with Jordy Nelson healthy. I think Aaron. Rodgers very quietly getting older, almost getting into his mid-30s. He's going to have to win another Super Bowl soon. Defense is pretty good. I'm saying Packers, Patriots, Super Bowl. If I had to pick a winner, I'm going to say Packers. Okay, so for me in the AFC, I'm going with the Denver Broncos. Wow. I don't know at this point, after last night, how I could bet against their defense. Yeah. And just the way they played, the confidence they can get going. They clearly... You know, back there in the no-fly zone, Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., T.J. Ward. You saw the way they were chirping uh, Cam Newton last night. When they start to get confident and get going, they play with so much swagger and so much energy, they, it can be just kind of like choking the other teams. And that's just in the secondary. We all know what Von Miller can do. So at this point, I'm, I have no right to not say the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So if it's Broncos, uh, if it's Broncos... Cardinals in the Super Bowl for me, I will go with the uh, Cardinals. Wow, okay. Uh, I'm going to make it quick. I'm going to go Patriots and Packers. I like Tom's picks. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I think the Patriots Smart. I think the Patriots will get it done. And, you know, Tom Brady's going to come out uh, fresh after those first four games, and they're the best team in the AFC like they usually are. Uh, I hate you, Reed. Don't look at me. And um, <laughs> so that's that's who I think will win the Super Bowl. Let's let, Since we – have uh, some time restrictions right now. Let's make the rest of the picks really quickly. Who do you think will be MVP? Uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying Cam Newton. I think he's on a mission this season. I think that losing the Super Bowl, he's going to have another monster year. Got off to a good start last night. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to put up the numbers to do it. And he's got Jordy Nelson. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why I like him. Offensive and defensive player of, player of the year. Offensive player of the year, I like actually Antonio Brown. And defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack is going to okay. put up J.J. Watt-like numbers. He sort of did it last year. So yeah, I'm going to go quietly. with Khalil 
it's always tough to bet against JJ Watt though. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's he has the human. back injury this year. Though. He does. That's the one thing but to he's, knock him down. He's a still pick. playing though, so he's a freak. Um, offensive <laughs> player of the year. I'm gonna go little bit off the rails here. David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals. I, like I hope so. I like that. From yeah, fantasy. me too. <laughs> because he's on my fantasy team, probably. But I think you look, they're going to have a high-octane offense. He's going to get involved in the rushing games and the pass game. Defense rookie of the year, I'm gonna, uh, defense player of the year, I'm going to go Aaron Donald of the L.A. Rams. I think that he's had a really good first couple of years in the league. He's only going to get better. I think the Rams are going to be an improved team. And I think the, I like that the back injury to J.J. Watt would knock him down yeah. a little bit this year. That's a good pack. All right, offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Odell Beckham. And uh, defensive player of the year, I think Patrick Peterson is going to cover wow. the slate. Okay. Of his okay. Full I like 16. That. I think he's going to blanket All every receiver. You're on the Arizona <laughs> yeah. train. I am on the Arizona train. I guess so. I didn't really realize it until now. <laughs> and now let's let's do these last three ones. I have one that I really want to say, so I'm going to include comeback player of the year. So we're going to do offensive and defensive rookie of the years and comeback player of the year. For offensive rookie of the year, I like Sterling Shepard. What about Michael Thomas? Saints, Drew okay. Brees, number one tar- target. You're going to go outside the box. All those Zeke Elliott's also there. Zeke Elliott's probably the safe pick, but I'll go I'll go on the limb right here, and I'll just go with Michael Thomas. Defensive player of the year, that's really tough, actually. I really actually don't know. De- yeah, the defense rookie of the year is tough. I, I'm, so offense rookie of the year. You got to have the 2016 I draft like, list. I, see, I actually think for uh, I'll go defensive rookie of the year first. I actually think Darren Lee of the Jets has really? a good shot. Yeah, yeah. I was looking He's at the, a great camp. the the rookies. Is he going to start though? It could be Christian? Miles Jack too. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's starting. Well, D- David Harris, as as I forgot to mention, is questionable for the for week one. I think he'll work but his he'll way. Probably yeah. play. They said David Harris should play on Sunday. So, but. He'll be in coverage packages and he'll be mixed in. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm going Lee or Miles Jack, maybe uh, of Jacksonville, offensive rookie of the year. I'm such a uh, a Sterling Shepard fan. I loved him before the draft, loved him after the draft. I love him all preseason. I said in the package, I think he'll catch over 80 balls. And then um, comeback player of the year, Cruz. Oh, I, I think he's back. I think he's back this year. Hasn't played in almost two years, so he's eligible for the award. Even if he catches 50, 60 balls, uh, Tommy, I'm going with we'll come right back to you. But before I forget, I remember my defensive player, my defensive rookie of the year. It was either Miles Jack or Vernon Hargraves. Just pick one. I like those two. I'm gonna go co. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll go Miles Jack. He's had a great preseason. I think he's gonna actually uh, be a stud. Um, and comeback player of the year. This is my pick. Andrew Luck is gonna be comeback player of the I like year. That, yeah. Nobody's picking Andrew Luck. He's still a phenomenal quarterback. He's going to come back with T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief. I'm going Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year. That's a good one. So offensive rookie of the year, this is tough because it just, like, you know, Michael Thomas, like, he'd have to do so much to win this. I know. When when, it, when we know Ezekiel Elliott is already a bell cow. Like, even yeah. if he performs poorly, he could still just rack up the numbers to give him it based off his starting, like his level of starthood, which is just, he's such an RB1 already for the Cowboys. So it's tough to go against him. It's also tough now that we know Carson Wentz is starting. I mean, if he even has like a, a decent year, just being kind of the only premier quarterback on this rookie, right? he has a great chance of winning it, even if he puts up minimal numbers. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna make my pick and say it's Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's gonna do well. Safe. That's that's the right pick. Yeah. So uh, yeah, defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rookie. Carl Joseph, safety from West Virginia. Okay, I like that. He was the 14th pick in the draft. 
So this is going to be a playmaker. This is a guy, West Virginia, huge hitter, uh, playmaker. Uh, you know, if he makes enough plays, I could see it happening. And the comeback player of the year, I'm going to go with um, Victor Cruz. Okay. All right. I mean, two against one right there. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I'm going to come out looking pretty with that one. We'll with see. Andrew we'll Luck. see. Um, but let's get to our last segment. We're Like I said, we're short on time right now. It's been a long podcast, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. Let's bring on Reed Horner, our producer for this one, our picks of the week. Uh, we'll start off. With Tampa Bay, I, we needed the music. The music honestly adds so much. It's, it's incredible. It's like trivia music on one-on-one. You need the music yeah. or else you can't say it. <laughs> um, I would appreciate if you, if you, yeah, that's 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 better. There we go. Patriots, man, just trying to drown me out in the podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's go with the first game, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Kind of uh, who do, who like who cares game. I'll go with uh, a Tam- I'll go with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think upset pick. I, I'm big on Jameis this year. I'm gonna say Bucks. I'm gonna say Bucks, and I don't even think that's an upset. Bucks, yeah. Winston's taking a step towards becoming an elite quarterback in so this league. So four, four for four, right there. Yeah. yeah. Buffalo, Baltimore. Baltimore's home, but I think Balt- Buffalo's the better team. I still think Joe Flacco is. I'm, that's that's an upset pick. I'm gonna go Joe Flacco. Shocks the world. I think Buffalo better team. I'm going with the Bills. Buffalo. Buffalo for sure. Way okay. better than Baltimore. I can't wait to just rub that in your faces. <laughs> Chicago, Houston. I'll go Houston since they're at home. Yeah, same. I think, well, I think Houston and actually is a playoff team. And they're, and they're at home. Yeah. So. I like Houston. I think big things come from this year. Make I think spl- they're going to win the division. Make a splash on week one. I think Chicago is actually going to come out of this one with Ooh, a victory. But it's going to be ugly. This is not going to be a game you're going to want to watch. <laughs> Green Bay, Jacksonville. Tough one here. Oh. Is it, no, but it is in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is much improved being on a serious note. I think they're a much better offense than they were, uh, although they were good last year. Green Bay will still come in. Agreed. Jacksonville. What? Yep. Yep. I'm <laughs> making, I'm they're making the up. I'm guy. making the upset pick. Jacksonville, <laughs> if their time is Ever, it's ever, now. it is right now, and I think it's beyond that. I think they could be good. Okay, well, I love to, it. To counter Tommy's point, their time might be three years from now. This team maybe three years from now. Blake Bortles develops; they could be good. But as of now, they're just going to be a punching bag for Green Bay come this weekend. All right, Reed, I like that. I like that. KC, San Diego, KC. They're at home. Agreed. It's in that terrible environment. They, they just always seem yeah. to win Kansas yeah. City. I'll take Kansas City as well. I was going to say Kansas City, but Jamal Charles looks like he is not going to be playing for them. Spencer Ware is still solid. By the way, they were like 1-6, and and then Jamal Charles got injured, and then they won every single game. (laughs) So so you're going with San Diego? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going going with San Diego. I still believe Phillip Rivers has a little bit left in the tank. Tough pick here, Oakland at New Orleans. I'm going to go Oakland. I think they're a better team. I think it's a close one. I'll I'll go with Oakland as well. I want to go with Oakland. I think they're the better team. But um, in this case, New Orleans at home. I thought I was going to look bold taking Oakland. I was like, oh, they're not going to do that. But, yes, I got to have Oakland. I think the Saints are actually a not not very good team. That's not English. But Cincinnati, Jets, we already picked. Ta- uh, Reed, who do you got? Since uh, this is the hard one, I think I'm actually going to go with Jets. I think the Jets okay. have an overall record. Though I think an at objective the objective en- pick. I like I, though I think at the end of the year, I'm nothing but objective. Christian. Come on. <laughs> I, though at the end of the year, I think the Bengals are going to end up going farther in the playoffs than the Jets. Okay. Uh, Phil, um, I realize you guys already made your picks, even though I already said it. Uh, Philadelphia is home to Cleveland. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Upset. I'm saying Cleveland. Ooh, I like RG3. RG3. I like that, actually. First game ever for Carson I'll change, Wentz. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> okay. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Reed? 
I think these are two pretty stinky teams. Um, <laughs> stinky. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with uh, Cleveland. See, going fourth, I always I don't get any shock value. I was gonna go with Cleveland as well. I think RG. Wow, I think RG on the RG. When is the last time four people have all agreed on the Browns? No, winning? no, because from what I've heard is RG three is not only shown up, but he's actually really improved on a lot of the things he's been. He's sliding. Do you guys watch him in the preseason? RG three yeah, sliding. We agree. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Minnesota, Tennessee, Tennessee winning. Mario is gonna I, be. I think Minnesota. I still think they're a better team without. I uh, think Mario is gonna have a great game. This is a tough game to pick. Um, we believe in you. Where's the game? It's, it's at Tennessee. Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee. I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota with Sam Bradford is going to be a really good team, actually. All they right. they were close to making the Super Bowl last year, and Bradford could potentially be better. Seattle hosting Miami. Seattle. 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 This is going to be a blowout. Miami has to go all the way to Seattle. Seattle's <laughs> going to kill all them. Right. Uh, that's a good betting bet. Bet, bet your savings account. Uh, Dallas home to the Giants. We already made our picks. Read what you got. I have Dallas edging them out. Ooh. Even though the Giants do have a better quarterback, wow. I believe in Ezekiel Elliott, and I believe in that amazing offensive line to protect. I, I think it's going to be a close so game. You, so. Hold on. We have this for the record. You think the rookie QB will get his first first win? No, I, yeah, I do, but that's not because he's better than Eli Manning by any means. Oh, yeah. Okay. As a Patriots fan, I know how I good Eli Manning it's, can it's be. It's a plausible prediction. But I believe that offensive line is going to take care of Prescott, and then they're going to really take care of Ezekiel Elliott, and they're going to just pound it. Pound All right. Indy oh. home to Detroit. Indy. 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 The Colts. Okay. Arizona home to New England. That's a tough game. Jimmy G. Uh, it's not tough without Brady without Gronk. Okay. Sorry, right. Reed. You're right. I think Arizona, right. Arizona takes it. Arizona. Yeah, I think Arizona should take this. They should take yeah. this at home. Why is everyone apologizing to me? I take more pride in my professional <laughs> than in my Patriot fandom. I think the Arizona Cardinals are actually going to win. As you're yeah. wearing a Patriot sweater. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm objective though. I think Garoppolo is going to have some I adjustment, know, know, and then Reed. with with Gronkowski, his safety blanket not no. being there, he's gonna he's gonna have some struggles. And I love Arizona, by the way. I'm with Tommy. I think they could actually get to the Super Bowl. We're all objective. Just just bust your chops. Uh, <laughs> Was- <not>. Washington <laughs> visited by Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh will come in and beat Washington, despite Washington being uh, an improved team. Tough game. Redskins are good. Home primetime game, but I still like the Steelers. I agree with you, Tom. This is a tough one to pick. Washington is the second best team in the East. There shows how objective I am now. <laughs> Uh, I, I think uh, Steelers take this, though. Many people are thinking Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. He may be, but the Steelers are still going to come out with a victory. And then San Francisco, L.A., we end it with the toilet bowl. I think uh, <laughs> this game's since gonna be San electric. Francisco is at home, <laughs> since San Francisco so is tough. at home, no, uh, I'll go with L.A. I'll go with L.A. I'm going to go L.A. I don't know. It's yeah. such an oh, awful God. game. <laughs> They're on hard knocks. I'll go L.A. San Francisco has the better QB situation in this game, but I think that's about it. L.A. has a much better roster than San Francisco does. Yeah, I'm with them, too. I think L.A. is going to win pretty pretty impressively, actually. Okay. I like it. Well, that, that's our picks. I mean, we're on the third loop of the song. I don't think we could take it any longer. <laughs> but no, I, I, it was a fantastic show, yeah. guys. Most, by the way, week one. This is the most picks we're gonna have to make. I like every team's playing, right? I don't think yeah. that, that's yeah. Few no weeks. one has a bye week one. Nobody yes, has that's a bye. correct. Yeah. So that's a good point, Tommy. Um, guys, great job at the show. Uh, for. Tom Scabelli, Tommy Aldrich, and Reed Horner behind the glass making his late picks. We had a great show, guys. I, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. It was a it was an hour plus, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, that's it for NFL Friday.
This has been One-on-One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.